you know, as we pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, the simple, profound answer is Jesus. There is no other way. He is the door. He is the life. He is everything. There is no other way. There is no other solution to your problems. There is no other cure for your pains. There is no other help for you being distraught. It's all in the name of Jesus. So, Father, we thank you today because you gave us Jesus. And once he takes root in our lives, it is our job to then share that Jesus with others. So thank you, Lord. Thank you. We make this prayer in the mighty name of Jesus. And all those who agree with the prayer say it. Amen. I give you Jesus. <laughs> I give you Jesus. I want to thank Sister Evelyn and Brother Kevin. Uh, what a beautiful rendition of songs this morning. I'm rather moved right now. <laughs> rather moved. But God is good. He is so, so vitally good. You know, we've been doing this series entitled All of Christ in All of Me. And I pray, God, that it has been beneficial to you in terms of helping you to understand how important it is that Jesus is the only one who can actually live his life. So the plan is that he, through the Holy Spirit, will dwell inside of us, that we become the abode. We become the home of the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit is to live through us. But that is only done by our personal surrender to his guidance. So it says you either follow the lead of your sinful nature, which is your flesh, or you'll follow the lead of the Holy Spirit. Which will you lead? So when you have all of Christ in all of you, then your job is to die to you and let the Christ that is in you live through you. So what does it do? What does that look like? It looks like he would love people that you normally wouldn't love. He would embrace people that you normally would walk past. He would do those things. So, again, he opens up our lives. <laughs> he opens up our lives. As we stand here right now, all of us, those of you who are watching online, those uh, few folks that are here, all of our lives have crossed only because of Jesus. We could have never met any other place. There is no other place for us to have met. But because of Jesus and because of that, he has expanded our lives that we get a chance to know each other. So that's a beautiful thing. So again, all of Christ in all of me, not that he remains there, but that he lives through me. What an exciting mandate. What an exciting thing that we get a chance to have Christ guide us. So I'm excited about the segment that we have for you today. And uh, I pray God again that he just moves me out of the way that his perfect message can now go forward. You know, what is eternal life? 
eternal life. Most of us as Christians, when we hear the term eternal life, we associate it with heaven. We associate it with after death, we go, our spirits go to heaven, and in heaven we have eternal life. We'll live there forever. Well, I'm going to offer you something today, uh, biblically, theologically correct information that will show you that once Jesus comes into our lives, he lives eternally. Does Jesus live eternal? He said he died once for all, then he was resurrected and death can no longer touch him. So he lives eternally. So if he lives in you through the Holy Spirit, then you have this eternal life living in you right now. So I'm going to read you a quick paragraph and we'll see if we can unfold this thing. Listen closely. It says eternal life is not an ultimate destination you experience after death. It is the quality of life that you have right here, right now. So how about have I offered to you when you accept Jesus Christ, you are born again. And if you are born again, then you have eternal life. Somebody say amen. I know this may be a little tough for some of you. You're looking at me like, uh, hey, Pastor Ben, are you sure you know what you're talking about? It's not Pastor Ben. It's going to be the B-I-B-L-E. But I need you to understand today, you have eternal life. Now, let's just unpack something. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve were given the instruction. Actually, Adam. So I don't want to blame this on Eve like Adam did. But Adam was given the instruction not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because if he did, he would surely die. Okay, so they ate, right? They did not physically die, did they? Because if they did, then the story would have been kind of funny. There would have been a period at the end of that eating process, but it wasn't. So what kind of death did they experience? The death they experienced was separation from God. They, up until that time, God would come down on the cool of the day and they would commune with each other. They had an intimate relationship with God. But when they ate of that tree, when they sinned, that relationship was severed. So the symbol then is death, death being separated from God. Are y'all following me tonight? Are you sure? So that separation from God lasted until the coming of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ comes and because he's a perfect sacrifice, he's able to pay the debt that we owed to restore or to reconcile us to God. Are y'all still following me? So. Separation from God in this context is death. Jesus comes and offers us life. How long of a life? Eternal life. When? Now, as well as for eternity. Somebody say amen. See, this is important for us to get, see, because sometimes we are sitting on a blessing that should be operating in our lives right now, but we're waiting for some other kind of time period or circumstance to arrive to begin to actually celebrate it. How many of you wait to a week after your birthday to celebrate your birthday? Nobody. You celebrate your birthday on your birthday. Why? Because you know that's when you're, you want to celebrate it on that day. So I need you to understand something. We are to live a different kind of life right here, right now, because we have everything we need for life 
and godliness. We have been given everything we need for life. What kind of life? A life that has been reconciled to God. A life that has us restored, redeemed. So right now we should be living different than we did before. There should be more joy. There should be more peace. We should have a certain strength in us, a certain, I don't even know the word. We should be like on fire for life because now we have a life that cannot be taken away from us. Sin can no longer rob you of your life. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So sin The payment for sin was death, separation from God. But now that Jesus has come, we have what? Eternal life. When do we have this eternal life? Are we going to wait till we get to heaven? Or we have it right now? So if we have it right now, then why aren't we living like we have it right now? Why are we kind of waiting and hoping for something in the future when that situation is right now. But see, you don't have to believe me. Let's believe the B-I-B-L-E. All right, let's go to our first verse today. I pray God this is going to make sense to you. We're going to go to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5, we're going to begin to read at verse number 11. You know, I got some 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 friends in the in the room this morning We've got Sarah here today so I got to preach well for Sarah that's that's my sister there so as well as Beth, Bethy I mean these these two not forgetting you other folks but just those two were okay first John chapter 5 verse 11 we're going to read from the amplified is everybody ready y'all ready at home let's do this it says and the testimony is this God has given us, and again, tenses. I need us Christians to understand these tenses, past tense, present tense, future tense. Listen closely. And the testimony is this. God has given us eternal life. That's past tense. We already possess it. I can sit down right now. You know, like Perry Mason, whatever Perry Mason got done, you know, he can just sit down. But listen to it. It says in the testimony is this. God has given us eternal life. We already possess it. And this life is where? In his son. Where's his son at? He's in us. That's what this whole series is about. And this life is in his son resulting in our spiritual completeness and eternal companionship with him. I don't know about you. That's good news. Now, again, why is this important? Because if you know that you have something right now, then you don't live a life waiting for something you already have. You live a life enjoying what you have right now. Does that make sense to you? Verse 12. He who has the son by accepting him as Lord and Savior has the life that is eternal. He who does not have the son of God by personal faith does not have life. Why? Because in the garden of Eden, when Adam sinned, we were severed from God. That is death. With Jesus, 
When we accept him, Jesus pays the price. So we are reconciled to God. So now that life comes back to us. So now we have life. We have eternal life. Oh, I love this stuff. You know why? Because when we hear certain terms as Christians, we get kind of twisted. You know, we're all going to have to stand on judgment day. As soon as we hear that, our knees start knocking. But we don't understand that you can either be judged innocent or judged guilty. (laughs) And as a child of God, if Jesus has paid your debt, what will you owe God on judgment day? Well done, my good and faithful servant. Why? Your well done is not because you did so well. It's because you were smart enough to accept Jesus Christ, who was perfect in the sight of God. Are y'all with me this morning? I knew I was going to have some fun. Again, this is important for us to get because here's the problem. Eternal life should cause joy, excitement. It should give us something strong to stand on because we live in a world that offers us the total opposite. We live in a world that offers us fear and trepidation and chaos and all of those things. We need to know that we have something that all of those things cannot affect it. Chaos, trouble, trepidation, all those things cannot affect eternal life. You can't hurt me. I have eternal life. I have Jesus who lives in me. Now, the only way I can give up on that thing is to do what? Take my eyes off of who's in me and put my eyes on what's around me. Is this making sense to you all today? We're almost there. Listen, verse 13. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the son of God, which represents all that Jesus Christ is and does. So that you will know with settled and absolute knowledge that you already, that you already, that you already have eternal life. Somebody say amen. I can hear some of the minds working right now. I'm going to have to study this some more. I'm not, you can study it all you want. The words aren't going to change. You have eternal life because Jesus represents that for us. Let's go to another verse. Y'all okay? Let's go to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. We're going to use the Passion Translation for this particular one. Colossians chapter 1. And it reads as follows. Verse 24. It says, I can even celebrate the sorrows I have experienced on your behalf. And I need us to grasp this. I don't care who you are. If you're breathing somewhere along the way, you're going to experience some sorrows. Some along, somewhere along the way, you're going to trouble, um, experience some troubles. Because we're human beings. We live in a world that is not loving or kind. So we're going to experience some things. Does everybody get that? I don't, I don't want you to think because you have eternal life that you're going to be skip, skip, what's that song? Tiptoeing through the tulips. <laughs> You know what I mean? Blowing on a little clarinet or something. I I want you to know that's not real life. Real life is trouble is going to come because in this world you will have trouble. So listen closely. It says, can we go back a little bit, bro? It says, I can even celebrate the sorrows. He said, celebrate the sorrows. He said, celebrate the sorrows. If I know I have the antidote 
for sorrows living in me. When sorrows come, I turn to the antidote. I don't fall victim to the sorrows. I turn to Jesus. Jesus is my antidote. He will get me through this time period. It's not like he's going to stop them because I need to have this experience. I need to know that the Christ that lives in me is above all things. So I just need y'all to get this today. In the, in the world right now, there is a pandemic that has swept across the earth. There's not a country on the planet that has not experienced this pandemic. Now, I don't know about you. If you try to look at that mountain, that thing is ominous. That is the biggest thing that I've ever seen or heard of in my life. The numbers of people who have passed away from this are astronomical. My son in Brazil was in isolation in the hospital last week with COVID. I mean, he, he, he was so afraid that he even said to me, Daddy, he said, I'm scared. Which made me scared because I can't drive to Brazil. (laughs) But guess who can be in Brazil? The Holy Spirit who lives in me as Jesus Christ. So what did I do? I'm facing those sorrows. I'm facing those difficulties. And my wife and I decided that we were going to go to our son's hospital room. I need you to understand this. (laughs) We decided that through prayer. And this Holy Spirit that is omnipresent, meaning he could be everywhere at the same time, was going to take us to our son's hospital room. So we stood in our son's hospital room over his bed and we prayed for him to get up out of that bed. I'm just telling you truth here. I'm just telling you truth. So we prayed and we cried and we prayed and then we found joy for our sorrow. Our son called us two days later, said he woke up the other night. I'm serious. Just a sh- you can call him and ask him. He said, I woke up the other night, daddy. He said, I looked around in the room and I realized I was in the hospital in Brazil. I was in isolation and they wouldn't let my wife come in here. So I was having trouble understanding what these people were saying. He said, I decided I wouldn't stand here any longer. He said, I felt better. So I told him to take the IV out my arm. Doctor said, well, if you do that, you're going to do it at your own risk. The son said, I ain't got no more risk. I feel better. Take the IV out. They took the IV out. He didn't even call his wife. He walked home two miles. Three days before that, he couldn't go from the bed to the bathroom. He walked home from the hospital. Again, I need us to get this. We don't let the sorrows overwhelm us. We celebrate through that because we know we have eternal life. That life is Jesus and everything is under his feet. I said, everything is under his feet. See, we keep living like there's stuff above Jesus. Like he's not strong enough to handle the problem we're facing. He's not big enough to handle the situation we're going through. I'm here to tell you today, if he's not big enough, then we can forget it because there is no one bigger. If he's not big enough, I don't know what else to do. I I don't have another option. He is the Alpha and the Omega. 
He is the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. He reigns over everything and he lives in you. When you receive him, you have this eternal life. Amen, amen, amen. It says, I can even celebrate the sorrows I have experienced on your behalf. For as I join with you in your what? Difficulties. It helps you to discover what lacks in your understanding of the sufferings Jesus Christ experienced for his body, the church. So Jesus went through the sufferings that we are now going through. He went through them for us so we would be able to depend on him when we go through them because he went first. Does that make sense to anybody today? Does that give you some encouragement? He went through it first. He overcame it. Listen, they killed our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and they put him in a tomb. They go back to the tomb and they find his grave clothes neatly folded in the tomb. And he's gone. Death couldn't hold him. And it won't hold you because he is our eternal life and he lives in us. Does that make sense to you? Well, it's important that, that you get it because it should change the way you live. It should change the way you think. You know, again, this is important for me because I see so many people who have been overwhelmed by the difficulties, who have been overwhelmed by the things that they are seeing and they forget that within them, if they have accepted Jesus Christ, inside of them is a power greater than anything they can see. Anything that they can experience. We got to go through some stuff. The word says, yay, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? I will fear no evil. It didn't say I wasn't going through the valley. And it didn't say I was building a house in the valley. Of the shadow of death. It said I was going through. It said I would fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. I like the King James. For thou art with me. Are are y'all getting this? Who's with you? Jesus. Where's he at? Inside of you. Right? Through the Holy Spirit. So you have this power. You have this authority that we haven't been actually living on. We've been living on hopes and, and wishes and, and, and oh man, oh, I hope this works. Oh man, I, no. He's already defeated all of those things. Let me read on. It says, this is the very reason I've been made a minister by the authority of God and a servant to his body, which is the church. So that in his detailed plan, I would fully equip you with the word of God. So in the word of God is the wisdom or the plan that we need to operate in whenever these tough times come. Let's read on. There is a divine mystery, a secret surprise that has been concealed from the world for generations. But now, everybody say, but now. It's being revealed, unfolded, and manifested for every 
holy believer to experience. Living within you. See, I always decided, I feel like dancing, but I don't want to scare folks because if I start dancing, folks get scared. And <laughs> but I, listen, if, if you ain't got some goosebumps by now, go check yourself into the emergency room. Something's wrong. This is like, I made, this, is, this is the scripture I'm reading. I didn't make this up. It says, living where within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. It didn't say you get a, a dribble. It didn't say you get a drip. It said it floods you with the expectations of glory. Glory means to esteem, to magnify God. In you is a power that is greater than anything outside of you, anything you can see. The power that you need to live on is in you. Embrace that. Embrace who he is. And quit being scarred. <laughs> quit being scarred. This too shall pass. The pandemic shall pass. This too shall pass. Almost there. This mystery of Christ embedded within us. Whew, Becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the glory for his people. And God wants everyone to know it. Christ is our message. We preach to awaken hearts and bring every person into the full understanding of truth. It has become my inspiration and passion in ministry to labor with an intensity with his power flowing through me to present to every believer the revelation of being his perfect one in Jesus Christ. My job today, my job always, the message always, we've sung this song for God knows how long. When will we realize people need the Lord? Because when they have him, they just don't have a name. They just don't have a title. They have the power of God living in them. This treasure, this treasure chest, this incredible amount of energy and power changes how you see the world, changes how you operate in your daily life. So when tough times come, you can go through the tough times and then your morning gets changed to dancing. You exchange ashes for a crown. Can you, can you understand me today? But what you got to do is quit looking at the ashes, look to the crown, quit looking at the morning and look to the joy. Cause it's going to come. And they say joy will come when in the morning. And grandma would say, God may not come when you want him to, but he ain't never been late. I need us to get that there's a power in us. See, because right now, some of us are, are, are looking for trouble. We have multiplied trouble in our vision. We have multiplied disaster in our vision. 
And God said, Jesus said, I went through all of that. I went through the disaster. I went through the pain. I went through them peeling the skin off of my body. I went through all of those things. So you would have the joy of knowing I experienced it for you. And I'm leaving you this victory. Jesus said when he ascended on high, he said, Lord, I got to leave these people. I'm paraphrasing. I'm going to leave them in the world. But I needed to know that they're not of the world. I need them to know that I'm coming to you and I'm going to sit on your right hand side and I'm going to intercede for them each and every day. So I need you to get this today. No matter what the trouble is that you're facing, you have the alpha and the omega interceding for you. We don't feel like it, pastor. That's why we're not supposed to be led by our feelings. We're supposed to be led by the truth. The truth is the B-I-B-L-E. So what should you be doing? You should be fighting the good fight of faith, not the good fight of fear. You shouldn't be wallowing in potential disaster. You should be standing looking at a God who cannot be defeated and that God is living in you. You have an inexhaustible source of power and authority. Let's read some more here. Y'all okay? John chapter 17. I'm going to make sure I finish this today. It says, when Jesus had spoken these things, he raised his eyes to heaven in prayer and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify, esteem, show power and majesty to your son so that your son may esteem, show power and majesty to you. Just as you have given him power and authority over what? This is Jesus saying this to God. Do you not know that God already knows this? So he's not, he's not telling God, so he's not reminding God of something God forgot. He's not speaking to God for God. He's speaking to God for us so it can be recorded. So you and I can read this 16,000 years later or 2,000 years later. Are y'all hearing me tonight or today? Listen closely. It says, just as you have given him power and authority over How much of mankind? I said, how much of mankind? Wait a minute. So Jesus has power and authority over all mankind. Now glorify him so that he may give what? Eternal life to all whom you have given him to be his, to be his, to be his. Permanently and forever. So once you're in the hand of God, nothing can pluck you out of his hand. I said, once you're in the hand of God, nothing can pluck you out of his hand. In Romans chapter 8, it says, when God is for you, who can be against you? See, again, sometimes we forget these things and we go off and we find a whole bunch of stuff that we think is against us. And we build that up bigger than than anything. And we have a mountain in front of us that we can't see the throne of God anymore. And we forget that the power, the authority over all of mankind 
lives in you. What a divine mystery. Not a mystery anymore. It's been revealed. Almost there. Now this is eternal life. So if you wanted to know, here comes the definition. Now this is eternal life. That they may know you. The only true, supreme, and sovereign God. And in the same manner know Jesus as the Christ whom you have sent. If Jesus defeated death, both physically and spiritually, when the time comes, you're going to defeat death both physically and spiritually. But spiritually, right now, right this minute, you have eternal life. You have power that you haven't even tapped into yet. We have given power to fear instead of power to faith. I have a t-shirt that says faith over fear. Faith over fear. I need you to know something today. The same stuff you think you see, I see. The same trouble you think you see coming, I see. But I'm not looking to that because I'm looking at the throne. Because the throne tells me, I don't care what trouble's coming my way, it can't defeat me. So I'm not giving in to any of that stuff. Uh, As Martin Luther King said, I'm not fearing any man. (laughs) I'm not fearing anything right now. Why? Because God is above all things. And guess who lives in me? Well, is is he going to fix everything? Yeah, maybe not the way you want it. But his plan is perfect. Is it not? Well, he needs to fix it the way I want it. If he fixed it the way you want it, then you would be God. And he wouldn't be. He don't work for you. We work for him. (laughs) Are are y'all getting this today? We're almost done. It says, Hebrews chapter 9, and I believe this is the last verse of the day. Amplify it. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11. It says, but when Christ appeared as a high priest... Of the good things to come, that is true spiritual worship. He entered the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands. That is to say, not a part of this material creation. And I need you to get this. The spiritual world is more powerful than the physical world that you see. I said the spiritual world that you cannot see is more powerful than the physical world that you see. When God created the earth, he spoke it into existence. So the power didn't come from what existed. The power come from him who spoke it into existence. So I need you to get this. So when they give us this example, Jesus didn't go to the physical temple because the physical temple couldn't hold his power. It couldn't hold the power of God. He entered into the heavenly tabernacle. He went where the real power was. And that's where he delivered his blood so that that blood would roll down over us and give us more power than we would ever need in the physical world. Hopefully that makes sense to you. If it doesn't, call me. 
We'll talk more about it. Verse 12. He went once for all into the holy place, the holies of holies of heaven, into the presence of God, and not through the blood of goats and calves, but through his own blood, having obtained, having obtained, having grabbed and pulled into, having obtained and secured eternal redemption. How long is eternal? Eternal redemption. That is the salvation of all who personally believe in him as savior. So once you accept him, what do you have? Eternal redemption. That means to be deemed again as one of God's children. That's what redeem means. Redemption. (sighs) For if the sprinkling of ceremonially defiled persons with the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a burnt heifer is sufficient for the cleansing of the body. How much more will the blood of Christ who through the eternal Holy Spirit willingly offer himself unblemished. That is without moral or spiritual imperfection as a sacrifice to God. Cleanse, cleanse, cleanse your conscience from dead works and lifeless observances to serve the ever living God. Once your mind has been transformed, you don't go back to fear. When Moses went up to the mountaintop, while he's up there, there's a group of people who said, they, he brought us out here to die. He doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know where he's going. Moses is on the mountaintop having a conversation with God Almighty. And this is the God who took them out of Egypt. This is the God who showed the, the, the plagues to Pharaoh. This is the God who brought them through the Red Sea. They're in this desert and Moses is up on the mountain. And what do they do? They build a golden calf. Why? Because their fear grew to the level that they, that that overwhelmed them. So I'm going to give you a secret and I'm going to close today. Are you ready? If you live in fear, you must build a golden calf. If you live in fear, you must build something that you have to bow down to because you need something that has more power than the mess that you are facing. Now, what your golden calf will be, I don't know. It could be hate. It could be division. It could be any of those things. It could be envy, jealousy. It could be any of those things, but it will be a golden calf if you're going to let fear overwhelm you. We have a God who died. He is our high priest and he went into the holies of holies. So if there's anything you want to look to, look to the God that dwells in heaven and the a third part of the triune God, the Holy Spirit, lives in you. So all of the power that you need is from Christ. I'm not afraid anymore, brothers and sisters. I'm not afraid. I know. This is the year of the Lord's favor. And when I say year, I'm not talking about 365 days. 
I'm talking about this is the time period for those that have faith on the throne to succeed. To be able to reach out to those who have been looking to the golden calf for power. Because that's why they built it, right? They built it because they figured there was going to be power from the golden calf, right? They, they bowed down to it because they thought power was going to, that it would change their circumstances of fear and, and doubt and all those things, right? It can't. So I'm asking you today as we close this. Don't look for any other solution than the one that's already in you. It's all of Christ in all of you. He's already given you eternal life. When do you have it? Right now. So hear me. Tap into this power you didn't know you had. Say, Father, I've been looking at this scary stuff and it's overwhelming me. I'm so frightened right now. I don't know what to do. And he will tell you, I am God of the universe. I am the God who created the earth. Every human being that has ever taken breath, I know. I know the hairs on their head. I know where every single one of them is right now. Whether the bottom of an ocean or on an ash pile somewhere, I know because I am God. I need you to know I created you. I perfectly knitted you in your mother's womb. I brought you into this world, not to fail, but to succeed. My plan for you is not to harm you, but to prosper you. This is God's word to you with many more promises. So I need you get up off your fear knees. Stand on your godly feet and go tell the world there's a God who is greater than any of this mess we're facing. But you can't give them something you don't have. You have eternal life and that life is Christ. Brothers and sisters, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Here at Tuesday Church, we're excited about what's coming. Oh yeah, uh, the in-person services are coming back. I don't know exactly when, but they're going to come. But listen, church will never be the same because this building is not church. You are the church. So we don't have a reason to think we're not having church right now because when you get done with this sermon, you can go out and be the church. Go tell somebody that there's a God greater than their fears. God bless you. Look forward to seeing you next week.